Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Real Forno Show. We are starting today our Skull Search series to talk in depth about Vikings potential prospects. And today we have a very special guest, uh, the host of Locked on Vikings, Luke Braun is joining us. And we're going to talk about the cornerback position, something that he and I have uh, dove in pretty deep on. We're going to talk about the top guys, how the Vikings have approached the position and what kind of things that Brian Flores will potentially look at at the position. Stay tuned. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. Welcome. We're going to have some fun here today on a Friday afternoon. I'm your host, Tyler Fornis, with me. This time in the bottom. Oh, I, I even got the finger point wrong, Dave, because you moved spots. You're in the bottom right corner this time. And it, to my left, I have a very special guest, the kid you used to copy off in math class, the host of Locked on Vikings, Luke Braun. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, Tyler. Good to be on a show with you finally. I know. We were just talking pre-show. The only time we were ever on a show together is you lost power on draft day, and Kellen Mond decided that he was going to ruin our lives. Yeah, I was already having a bad day. And then they took Kellen Mond and then the guy I'd been clowning on for like a month in Chaz Surratt, and I was like, what are they doing? <laughs> it, it, it was a great way for Rick Spielman to go up. But 
one of the nice parts about this here today, Luke, is there is a very re- good and deep cornerback class, and the Vikings have a really flush need at the position. Um, I want to kind of start off with this. Um, how do you feel about the Vikings cornerback room right now? Not necessarily. We obviously need, know that they need more talent. How do you feel about the guys in the room, especially with the addition of Byron Murphy Jr.? Yeah, So, and they'll get more talent. There are... Uh probably 10 people that'll come into camp and they have five under contract right now. So somebody's coming, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really like Byron Murphy. I think he's going to be CB one, right? I think he can shadow good receivers. Um, he can be that for the blind Brian Flores defense. And even, I mean, he's not like Darrell Rivas, right? He's not 2017 roads and that's okay. Um, just the fact that he can do that job and hold his own is really, going to unlock a lot more that the, the Brian Flores defense wants to do. It can help hide other flaws. Um, I think that was an absolutely huge pickup. And then I don't know if anybody else in that room, like necessarily should be a, st- like no, no, none of the, those guys have proven that they should be a starter, right? Andrew Booth was a catastrophe when he played. If he even stays healthy, a Caleb Evans backup quality corner, right? Maybe he takes a step forward and he becomes a starter. That'd be super sick. But again, he also has his concussion thing. That's a massive concern. So it's kind of Byron Murphy. And then like depth, we need two more starters, man. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where kind of things get interesting. Obviously the Vikings were unable to retain Duke Shelley as he signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. sounds like the Vikings offered him 1.2 million and he got 1.3, but it also looks like when you look at their depth chart, He's going to start next year, which that is not something that he was going to be guaranteed uh, with Brian Flores coming in. Yeah, well, we'll see what the Raiders do, too, because I think they have a similar problem. Um, I I think Duke Shelley should compete for a start. And I think he would have had the chance to do that here. I think he'll get the chance to do that in Vegas. And yeah, they just paid him an extra 100K. They get him. That's how it works. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's kind of transition to the NFL draft. And Luke, you, you have done probably your most research on the cornerback position so far, sure. and it is it is a position that I've delved into really deep. The top, we have similar opinions, but we also disagree, and I want to start on the guy we disagree on the most, and that's Christian Gonzalez. He is He's my cornerback one. I think he can do a little bit of everything. I want to see him a little better in press, but I also think that he's really good at it, and especially that uh, game against... Uh, Drake London, 2021, when he was still at Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that really stood out to me, and I know you had a chance to watch that too. Uh, mm-hmm. Take us through Christian Gonzalez. Obviously, I know you still like him, but if I remember sure. correctly, you don't like him for the Vikings. Well, I, yeah, it's a fit thing. This is a Brian Flores thing. Um, and so I don't think that he is a Viking. I also think that there is every chance in the world that he goes at five to the Seahawks, and I don't think that they'd be wrong to do that. So don't mistake me for a Christian Gonzalez hater. It's just a scheme thing. Um, and, and for me, it's not that he is scheme dependent. I think you could bring him into a man scheme and he would be a fine corner. I think there are better corners in this class for that. But Christian Gonzalez is a press bail god. That's that's the, the way that I have... Um, titled like everything I've made about him is that he's a press bailer and that is most at home in something like a Sean Desai cover three. I think he could go 10 to the Eagles and that would be super sick for them. Um, Mm -hmm. It's that's the way Sean Desai did things in Seattle. And I think it's the way Seattle is going to continue to do things. Um, It's a a really good way to play when you're in uh, an outside deep third defender. 
And it works in man too. You can absolutely play that way in man. You can be like Josh Norman that way. Um, but I don't think the Vikings are going to use a lot of press bail. So you're, if you're taking Christian Gonzalez and then you're not asking him to do the thing that he is like genuinely special at doing feels like a weird fit. And we probably shouldn't to, to get Christian Gonzalez. You would have to, you know, pay out the wazoo, right? You'd have to trade up like you're going up for a quarterback. Why would we do that? And then not ask him to do what he's best at. That feels like it would be a sort of a mismanagement. So that's where I'm at at Christian Gonzalez. But if you are going to a team that uses press bail all the time, uh, this dude instantly your cornerback one day one right off the bat really exciting. There's other stuff. I mean he he he's really bad at getting off blocks, and I know that's going to drive Brian Flores nuts. He talks about it all the time that you got everybody's got to be able to shed a block, and Christian Gonzalez can't. Which is like okay, so he's not a Viking, but other other guys won't care as much about that with a cornerback. Um, and in press, he, it's good enough. He, he tries to be physical. He's just a hand layer. And that's more of a, that, that bugs me, but I think that's also something you can coach out of him. I think he just needs to get yelled at about it once or twice. And that's definitely something that Brian Flores would be able to do if he, if he were to come to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, one guy we both love, he is my cornerback too. And I think he's your top guy and that's Joey Porter Jr. And I, he's my I two. think it was, he's your two. Okay. So the ringer yeah. described him perfectly. And I, 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 the ringer, they, I think they leaned a little too much into their shtick, but I thought this is brilliant from Danny <laughs> Kelly. He plays like Joey Porter Sr. If Joey Porter Sr. played cornerback. It was Danny Kelly. Oh my God. I've been saying that quote everywhere and I can never remember where I saw it. It was Danny Kelly. Yep. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, he's a psycho. I love him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I think the funniest thing that he does, and it tells you everything you need to know about him, is he'll be in man coverage. It'll be a go route. Receiver's trying to release outside of him, right? So it's, he's kind of squeezing it to the sideline, and he'll squeeze you all the way to the bench. He'll just push you out of bounds and be like, all right, well, now you got to reestablish. You're not even eligible anymore. Good luck getting a throwing window now. You're on the white. <laughs> and he does it all the time. Um, the, the, the only thing that stops him from being CB1 for me is uh, Devin Witherspoon's my CB1, and it's the difference between these two guys, is that he has he is way too physical sometimes, and he'll get flagged. Um, I love physicality in corners. It's way more of a positive than it is a negative. He just pushes it too far and he'll get pass interference. He'll get, you know, five yards and an automatic first down. And so he has to dial that back. And I think the concern there, and I think this is a pretty low percentage outcome, but it is part of the, his kind of range of outcomes is if you have to tell him to dial back his physicality, is he still going to be comfortable playing his game? Like, will he still feel like he's playing his brand of football? If you have to say, hey, man, you got it. You got to cut it back a little bit. I only want him to cut it back a little bit. I just want him to not get flagged. Everything else is gorgeous. Um, but if you say, hey, you who, whose identity is being physical, whose dad is Joey freaking Porter. Hey, you want to soften it up a little bit like that feels like that might be a hard note to get through to him. And, I, you know, if I'm a team thinking about drafting him, I'm asking my DB coach, hey, do you feel comfortable asking him to kind of back off the identity of his game? And I think it's totally fair if my DB coach says, no, okay, we'll go draft somebody else. But it's a very, very minor thing. Um, and even if you don't do that, and you just say, all right, this dude's just going to get penalized sometimes, but he's awesome. You still take that. So he's, he's my CB2. For the Vikings. So, this is Vikings specific. I don't know if he goes higher than Christian Gonzalez. I think that's much more of a which team's on the mm-hmm. board kind of thing than it is. Which cornerback's going to have a better career? Who's going to have a better career AV? I, I don't care. It's it's about, you know, get guys who do what you want guys to do. 
And I think that's what makes this cornerback class so intriguing is because there's so many different types and they're, they're all so good. I have fully scouted 12 cornerbacks. All of them have at least a high third round grade. This, this class is just absurd. And I've drafted, I haven't even gotten a chance to look at guys. We're probably going to go in round two, um, two questions about Porter. Then I want to talk about Witherspoon here real quick. Um, if you were to get him in your room, how would you handle him? Would you handle him similar to the way Zimmer handled Xavier Rhodes? Do the whole boxing glove gimmick? Yes. Or is is that even <laughs> in like because he's so physical? Like I don't see him being super grabby. He's just gonna beat your ass. Yes. So uh, well, he he is grabby. He does definitely. He's got a lot of holding penalties. Um, gosh, what was the game? I want to say it was Ohio State. One of the games he got like four holding penalties in a row. It was disgusting. Um, so yeah, Marvin I would Harrison love to do, Jr. uh, maybe I can't remember. Um, I, I could go back and look it up, but what, one of the games he absolutely, like he just about threw a whole drive. Um, so yeah, I love the boxing gloves thing. And I think it's, it's a matter of, I would want, like if I'm his DB coach, I want to teach him when to be physical. I don't want to tell him, Hey, you know, maybe be a little less aggressive because that's not specific enough. Like, what do you do with that? I, okay. Do I push him, but just a little less. Do I push him one less time a game? When is that last time? I want to tell him when to be physical. I want to kind of make sure, okay, your hands are in your pockets. The second you're past five yards, be in his way, you know, be a big body. You're a strong dude. Take the charge, right? I'm going to play a little one-on-one basketball with him and, and start getting a whole bunch of offensive fouls on him, right? Teach him how to take the charge. Um, that's the way the like, if, if, if I were trying to coach him, I think it, I would try to say, you know, start teaching him how to pick his spots and say, this is an amazing brand of football and I love it. You be you. Um, but just know where you're at on the field. Know what the ref is looking for you. I want, I want you to try to get away with as much as you can, but we got to find what the appropriate situations are. I guess that's the note that I would give, but I'm not a DB coach. I'd probably make a really bad one. So, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Uh, last question on Porter. Do you have any concern with the fluidity in his hips? Because it, he looks to me to be a little bit so. stiff, but it, I don't think it's that big of a concern. I don't think I noticed anything like that. I got to go back to my notes. Maybe I wrote something down. Um, there's somewhere around here. Or did I not write it? Oh, no, here it is. Um, I guess when I, I watched him, so. I, I watched him after Gonzalez and Witherspoon, and I, I noticed a a pretty decent gap between him and the other two. I, okay. I didn't clock it in at any point of being a problem. Um, so there's that, although I didn't clock it as a positive either. I just didn't write anything down about it. Um, but I will say now that I'm looking at my notes, um, you can actually see him getting coached in the middle of games. Uh, there was something it was versus Purdue. They attacked him with a bunch of slants. He changed how he was uh, doing his first step in press and he punished the hell out of him for it. Mm-hmm. that was sick. And so you can kind of say, okay, if I need to teach him something, you can see him like taking a note and incorporating it on the fly. And that means, all right, I can mold this dude into whatever I need and kind of assuages that concern that I talked about before. Um, and he's smart too. That's the other thing. He's not just a total, like he's not the Hulk, right? He's, he's banner and the Hulk. He's like when they merged to, to, together at the end in, in end game. Yeah, he's yeah, he's something, and it helps that his dad has a couple Super Bowls to his name. Um, let, let's yeah. let's transition to the to the guided missile himself, Devin Witherspoon. Uh, <laughs> this this dude I plays football so like much. a psychopath, and he's so great. Um, he's my cornerback yeah. three, but he's separated by point three 
um, away from both Gonzalez and Porter Jr. So I still love him. Um, well, what yeah. separated? Here's your three? top three, right? That's these. These are the mm-hmm. three guys that should go. If anybody else goes above one of these three, somebody's getting a steal. Um, what I love about him is he has an incredible understanding of spacing, and that's uh, too vague. So let me explain what I mean there. He uses really aggressive shades when he lines up with an inside or an outside shade. His inside foot is on your outside foot. His inside shoulder is on your outside shoulder. Like he is a whole body outside of you. Most corners will, will only do half a body where his foot is lined up with your face mask. So he's, it's really aggressive. That's a lot of extra space. He has the uh, mobility and he has really good feet. His back pedal is great, and in particular, his shuffle step is great. When he's shuffle stepping, he can make up that extra space if you're punishing him. Because the the advantage there is, say you line up with a really aggressive outside shade, you're outside the receiver. If the receiver is going to release to your outside, you have a head start, right? So you're doing great against go routes. If they release to your inside, and usually he does an inside shade to kind of be the opposite of this, um, if you, you have an inside shade, and it's really aggressive, and they're running a slant, you have that head start. So he will use that inside shade. He'll never get beat on a slant just because he's lining up there. And if they do release outside him, well, the sideline's over there, and it's probably a go route, and he has really good footwork where he can kind of make it up. The the hip transition's fantastic. He can make up that ground and get all the way back in phase, even though he's started at a disadvantage because of how aggressively he aligned himself. And this is in press, too. In off coverage, it's even easier. Um, and it's in particular, he loves that shuffle step. He loves it so much, maybe a little too much. Um, but I certainly wouldn't try to change that about him because it makes his game really, really, you either have to play right into his technique or you need to try to beat him at when he's doing what he's best at. And there really isn't another choice and it makes him really, really, really effective. Plus you, you know, you have physicality, all of that other stuff, you know, you've got everything you want in a corner. Uh, his size is good enough. He's a half inch under six foot. I don't want to hear about how he's too small. Um, he's, I, I love him. He's my CB one. And I think people are overthinking him a little bit. Do you think they're overthinking him because of the size disparity between him, Porter Jr. And Gonzalez? Cause, uh, with yeah, I think it's like, there's like two six foot guys. two guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two six foot two guys. And so the five foot 11 and a half guy, you're going, Oh, I don't know. I might put him over that. If this dude falls past the top 10, it's a coup. Yeah, he's he's pretty incredible. Now, once you get past these top three, there's a glut. I would say it's about yeah. eight guys that could potentially go as that fourth spot. And what, a couple of those guys we're going to talk about here because I know you've had an opportunity to watch at least some of them. Um, one of them being uh, also another one of those bigger guys, South Carolina cornerback Cam Smith, who... And it yeah. was my cornerback for he's interesting. I think I have him there too. Um, but I've only watched a little bit of him. I do. I have him uh, as one of the, it, as the only other corner I've seen so far. I have not finished with Deontay Banks. I think I'm going to end up putting him in this category too. Uh, but he's uh, of, there's those three Cam Smith and then probably Deontay Banks. I would take at 23 and everybody else I would either trade down for, or maybe they're, they're lower. Um, but that five corners that I would take in the top 23 is a lot of corners. And it's really likely if you look at all the mock drafts, it's, it's usually all of them have at least one of these guys available. Um, mm-hmm. But I like, yeah, he's big body physical. There's kind of, I don't see like a huge weakness on him, but I also am very much not done with him yet. I've only watched 
one game and I think I lost my notes from it. So I don't even remember a lot. Yeah, uh, Smith is physical. He's obviously very long and he loves, loves to attack at the catch point. Um, what, what really impressed me about Smith was how fluid he is and how just seamlessly he moves in the open field. Something that like, I, I think you see a lot with Gonzalez and Witherspoon. They, he can just flip his hips and then just drive to the football with ease. And I think that's why he's so intriguing, especially when you consider he's also 6'2", 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I, I think what I need to look for, and I don't know the answer to maybe you do. I, what I need to look for is, okay, why isn't he being put in the same category? Is it just that all these other guys, you know, Gonzalez has this press bail that looks like it's, you know, straight out of Josh Norman's tape. Uh, you know, Devin Witherspoon has his shuffle step that looks so great. Joey Porter's got this physicality and uh, these like elite traits and Cam Smith maybe doesn't have like his elite fastball that everybody gets really excited about. But as a corner, you don't need one of those. You know, you can be a, a, a very good starting cornerback, which is a, very much a first round pick uh, by just, you know, being a little good at everything. And I, I think that's kind of what it is. There is no really one thing that stood out for me about Smith. He does love to attack the football, but yeah. And if, if the other three weren't in there, I think you could be getting, hearing a lot of people talk about him as cornerback one. Um, the one that sure, really like surprised me. Class. Yeah. The one that really surprised me, and I know you've watched a little bit of him, so I want your initial thoughts is Deontay Banks. Um, I talked to Dane sure. Brugler when Brugler put him in his first round. I'm like, Hey, I know nothing about this guy. What do I need to watch to get a sense of him? He told me, Wisconsin and Ohio State. So I watched those games. This dude uh, like has no fear whatsoever. And he he and Marvin Harrison Jr., I don't know if you've watched that game yet. They went to war I'm like, and Banks did, Banks wasn't a loser. Yeah. I'm like three quarters of the way through that game. And then I watched his Michigan game, which wasn't as good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of physicality to like. And a lot of... I think what I'm finding with Banks is that every time he loses, I, I'm really for like it's very forgivable because like corners will lose sometimes just taking the wrong step off the release, and that's kind of a guessing game. Like if if the receiver releases super hard, like Jefferson gets corners on this all the time. They'll do like a, a really hard step outside, and then it's an actually an inside release, and the corner just has to step with that, and it's just a matter of making that dude be more agile than a human can be because he's Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. and sometimes you're trying to preempt that kind of thing and you'll guess, you'll say, I, you know, I think, look, it's, you know, third and four, they love to run slants on this. I think he's going to do uh, an outside step in the Ninsa. So I'm going to take my first step outside. And then it turns out that they're running something else. And you get totally beat. Right. And it's yeah. like, okay, I totally forgive that because you were, you, you had a plan. You were trying something. You lost the game of rock, paper, scissors, but I don't think that that in like, shows a trait about a cornerback that concerns me right when a a trait about a cornerback that concerns me is if they can't get into their hip transition fast enough they get run past uh you know or if they panic when they're out of phase and they go and they start holding you know that's a concern but ah you know you you took an outside step when he took an inside step and you got beat like man i don't know you called heads and it was tails like whatever yeah and i'm kind of the same way i think banks is aggressive and serves him really well but he, he can also get a little too aggressive. And I think uh, kind of how you spoke with the releases, it shows a little bit. Um, I'm excited to hear your yeah, thoughts once you get there. Yeah, he thinks he knows what he's going to see. And then and then if he's wrong, he like commits really, really hard to it. Maybe that's the deal. I got my notes up here about him somewhere. Oh, I don't have them. No, yeah, I've got four plays from the Ohio State game that I've taken down. So I've got a lot, of, a lot left to go on that. 
Oh yeah, you, you're fine. Um, I know a couple guys that yeah, you've also watched. Um, one of them is Clark Phillips. I gave him a first round grade initially, but I dropped him slightly below that once I saw the combine testing because I thought, man, like, oh yeah, he did bad, didn't he? Giant, yeah, uh, if we're gonna trust this guy on the outside, I need to see a little more, and that, I think he's probably a slot only at this point. I didn't think so on right. film, but uh, it's you're facing a different caliber of receiver once you get oh, to the yeah. NFL. Four five. Thirty three verticals bad for corners, right? Especially mm-hmm. at, at at a buck eighty four. So he's a tiny guy that's not very athletic, or is in is testing as very athletic. Yeah, I think that sounds slot only to me for sure in terms of body type. Although I'm going to be one of those guys where if I see him play outside, you can play outside. I don't you know, I don't care if you're built like a Smurf. If you can play outside, you can play outside. Um, but what what I want to see is how does he how does he press? Uh, and I have not watched him very much, so I don't really have a great answer to that. But can he influence you on press, or is he a hand layer like uh, like Christian Gonzalez is? Um, and can he take that charge? Right. One of the cooler things about watching Devin Witherspoon play is when it's time to get through him, because you know sometimes he'll just, especially if it's like zone or if it's off man, it is like park himself where he thinks your route is supposed to break off, and you got to go through him for that. Or he'll get, you know, if you're trying to break through his leverage, it's really hard to get through him because he's just a brick wall of a dude. Um, so and he how does it 181. For... He does, yeah. So yeah. I thought I he weighed in like 190. Ah, doesn't 10 pounds, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but like you can see guys really struggling to get through Devin Witherspoon. And so I'm I'm looking for that with Clark Phillips as well. What happens when it's time to get through him? Does he step out of the way because he's too small and he knows he can't do it? Does he take the charge? Does he slow you down? Does he grab and get panicky? What, how does that work? I'm, I'm looking for that play with him. And I don't remember that I've found one yet, but I've, again, I've, I've only just started him. Um, and I think if not, if you see, all right, guys can just get through him and it doesn't work. Then you go, all right, this dude's a nickel, but we live in a world where everybody's got three wide receivers. Nickel is no longer a rotational position. You only take in the fifth round or with a $2 million guy. Um, mm-hmm. If you're a starting nickel corner, you're playing 80% of snaps. And I think if you take that in the bottom of the first round, top of the second round, that's that's, I think you're getting fine ROI on that um, for, for a nickel corner. Right? I can't stand the, the reputation that nickel corners have is just like, ah, you can kind of just put whoever it's like, man, these guys matter a lot. And, if you watched the Vikings defense last year, the way teams really approached and attacked Chandon Sullivan, you can watch the same yeah. thing happen to the Packers in 2021 with Chandon Sullivan. Um, you can mark that slot corner and you can absolutely make the defense's lives hell, no matter who else is on it, if you can attack that slot corner. So him being slot only, if that is the case, and it feels like probably with that athleticism, um, doesn't drop him very far down my board. You drop him a little over it, but I'm not putting him out of the second round for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one guy I want to ask you about, and then we're going to get into probably the biggest wild card of this whole cornerback class. Have you watched any of Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State yet? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No, I have not. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm aware of the fact that he weighs less than I do. Yeah. Um, so I really want to hear your context of it. And like once you get there, but I, I do have this question for you. We know he weighs 166 pounds. He's about six foot two. Like he is thinner oh, than God. Cam Dansler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he is breaking half. Yeah. But he's, he survived physicality in the sec. He, he had six touchdowns, th- six interceptions with three of them for touchdowns this year. He's an incredible ball hawk with a lot of length. Just based on kind of that general profile, like, do, are you that concerned with the weight considering he survived in the SEC and played extremely well? But obviously, tape is going to fill in all that context for you. But just sure, kind of based on the profile. For? Yeah. Like, wh- what do you think of just the general profile before it? diving into the tape. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched a snap of him, but here's going to be my operative question. And, and this is, this goes for everybody with like an athleticism concern, right? Cause I think we very often will look at it. We'll say, well, small corners tend to get injured. So I'm going to move him down my board. Cause I think he's going to get injured. Well, no, no, no. They tend to get injured, but will he, right? Cause some guy Antoine Winfield existed too. There are ways to do it. But what Antoine Winfield had was something very specific. And you have to see if this guy also has it. So it's kind of like Clark Phillips. Um, I'm looking for, can he stop a receiver from getting through him? Especially I'm looking in the run game. Does he fill in? Does he go attack a B gap? Can he stand up to somebody? Can he tackle or do guys just blaze right through him? Um, when, you know, when you think of like a skinny corner, what is the problem that you think that that brings up? Okay. That's a, that's a valid thing. Does he have that problem or did he just, does he just have a number, but he plays like he's, you know, one, one ninety. Um, that's what I'm I'm looking for when I'm when I'm going to look for him is where does the size you know get him? Um, looking at there's another one Byron Murphy right we just signed him um, not great top end speed I think he ran like a four five five or something like that so I'm looking for okay are there times where he transitions perfectly he you know gets into phase and then he just sort of loses space over over the course of a longer developing route and the answer is yes there are times where that okay so there it is so so that 40 actually matters for him um but for some guys that ran a bad 40 and you never see that okay i don't think i care about the 40 because the actual effects of that are not bearing out we we have to think like practically about this stuff you know and and what is the actual effect that this stuff is supposed to have on the field. That's what we care about, right? You don't, you don't get a handicap because you got too many guys who ran over a four or five on your secondary. That needs to be punishable. Is it punishable? Are we seeing it get punished? Um, That's what I'm looking for with Forbes. Uh, But I, I, I know that like he does have those problems a lot. I've at least heard that he does have, you know, when physicality gets involved, you can see that he weighs a buck sixty-five, and so that's probably going to be something that bugs me. Makes sense. Now let's talk about the elephant in the cornerback class. His name is Keely Ringo. Um, this oh this dude, this dude has all the ability in the world, but he 
kind of runs Does like he? a stiff board. <laughs> well, he, he, he has one ability. <laughs> so I, I know you watched the Kentucky game, and one thing that stood out to me is the first play of the game, Will Levis is backed up at like the two-yard line, just throws a dime over his head, and Ringo's just oblivious. Then later on in a different drive, he just he's playing like like a cover two shell, and then just like yeah. in his bail technique ends up getting the interception. But he tested off the charts. Really his nice. hips his hips look so stiff. But when you kind of combine the yeah. whole package, it's do you want to take a chance on this guy be, potentially being a great corner? Because this guy is a top one hundred prospect of all time according to twenty four seven Sports. Like there's stuff to work with. Do you think he can ever get there? And I think we both have the same answer. I, well, I mean, anything can happen, right? Got, he can maybe learn how to do stuff better, but all we have is what problems he has right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so who he is right now is, yeah, he ran, he's fast. He's straight line speed. Um, extremely concerned that he jumped a bad vertical because that confirms what I saw on tape, which is a lack of general explosiveness. And as a corner, you need to be able to to decelerate and accelerate very, very fast. Um, one of the things that they'll teach you when you're when you're in man coverage is when he breaks down, I break down. So if I'm running with you and I'm in phase and I see you start to sink your hips, my my hips sink. And you know when your feet start chopping, my feet start chopping. I'm going to just start doing whatever you're doing. Um, and when you see Ringo do that, for one, he doesn't know how to control his speed. He he will he will run. He'll beat guys over the top of the route by four yards and then give up a curl around underneath. Why are you running that fast? Take a, take a load off of it. And then he's going so fast that he's, and he's, he's not able to decelerate smoothly. So it takes him, you know, a, a wide receiver when they're running a curl or a comeback, they'll take three to five steps to, to really get down. It takes Keely Ringo like nine steps. And if you want to see the worst example of this, it's the Ohio state game where they knew this about him. And it was uh, the playoff game. They knew this about him and they abused it. And they had a great day on uh, on the outside. Made, made CJ Stroud look awesome in that one against the, the scary Georgia Bulldogs, right? Um, mm-hmm. That bothers me a lot. And, and so when I watched him, I watched him before the combine and I said, okay, so either this is a technique thing. Maybe he just needs to learn how to do his feet better. Maybe he just needs to learn to take a little bit off the top of his speed so he doesn't have to work so hard to decelerate. Maybe there's that. Or does he just not have short area athleticism? Maybe he is just a sprinter and he just doesn't have that sort of agility and that stuff. Well, he didn't run the the agility drills and he, and he had a crappy vertical. I don't think he's a very explosive guy. So <laughs> I, a corner is great when he can run in a straight line, but corners about so much more than that, that I, I got this dude in the third round I, and he's seventh on my incomplete list of cornerbacks right now. Um, I, I don't like it. I don't think that that's a package that I want to buy into just because of a 40 time, you know? So we do have agility testing. I think he might've done it at George's pro day. Oh, um, did he? Oh, do we have I, that? Yep. Um, RAS, um, our buddy JJ two K is Josh Oliver stand in the discord. Um, 4.28 oh, in the short sure. shuttle, 51st percentile, um, three cone is 7.21 seconds, 23rd percentile. So I, I think you're spot on. This guy is a sprinter. Those oh, are no. bad. Those are really That's bad. That's awful. Yeah. Nope. I I am out. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people were really excited about him with, uh, oh, yeah, I just saw it. Uh, thank you to Skak, Skak, Skak Mastio. I, I never know how to say the it. The chess but yeah, master. That, 
<laughs> yeah, Abby. Um, man, that's rough. Yeah, uh, he's a big giant trap. And I, mm-hmm. I think people got really excited about the fact that he's fast and he was CB1 for Georgia. Um, but he is he's a he's a, a big old trap that that piece of cheese with that metal bar over it. That's not a great idea. Yeah. Um, uh, have you watched any other corners at all before we kind of wrap up here? Um, who haven't we talked about? No, I have Res John Wright on my as a third rounder on my thing because I really liked what he did against. Uh, I think it was Jordan Addison, but I only really watched that one fit? game and I was focusing more on that. Because I like, I think he's yeah, a zone I guy. Physical, I, I I've only watched the one uh, the one game against him. Yeah, a, a little bit of a. I, I, I think I saw him play enough off man where I liked him. Um, okay. But I only have seen one game of his, and I have not. And I was only really paying attention to Jordan Addison on it. Um, so I wasn't watching him that closely, and that's uh, very subject to change. That could go up or down two rounds, if, depending on what else I see. You know. Yeah. Well, um, I'll, I'll give you a couple recommendations to watch if you end up having time. You need to watch the Kansas State kid Julius Brents. He's built like Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, he's, an he's on the list. Oh, he's. I, I bumped, like, once I saw a test. You have a first round on him, right? Trade. Yep. Nice. I, lo- I love him. Oh, yeah. um, Tyree Stevenson. He, he has a great, uh, he played really well against Quentin Johnston in the Big 12 championship game. Um, got a pick off of him in the end zone. Half of that was Max Duggan's fault because Max Duggan yeah. is probably a worse <laughs> passer than Taysom Hill. Um, I, I think and he's then, a backup I, for the Seattle Sea Dragons. Yeah, pretty much. Um Darius Rush, the other South Carolina corner, who is one of my favorite yeah. prospects in this class. He His senior bowl opened my eyes to him because I didn't know a lot about him. This dude loses. like It feels like half of his reps at, uh, like initially, and then he has the athleticism and speed to go attack the football and win the oh, rep anyways. Oh, he's a Trey Wayne. Oh, uh, but he's better. Um, like. He's he's way more fluid than Waynes. Waynes was was a guy that he pretty much stood straight up. Well, yeah. Rush losing for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then last one is Stanford's Kai Blue Kelly. Um, his dad. Yeah. Oh, Brian. I've been trying to get to him forever. His dad is Brian Kelly, who is the slot corner for the Bucks for their Super Bowl win in 2002. Um, really good football player. Those oh, are three guys right. I think you would enjoy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. That's there's so many guys and that's why like, you know, if if they because I think the Vikings are trying to go up for a quarterback, right? And if let's say that strikes out mm-hmm. and they're all gone by, you know, pick nine and, and you never had a shot or somebody else trades up and they take, you know, the Washington package instead of yours, there's kind of nothing you can do about that. Yeah. I, I'm immediately starting to call teams in the top of the of the second round and saying, what are you going to give me to move up? Because I want mm-hmm. I want two second round picks and I want two of these corners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Um, Trey Hodges Tomlinson, Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew. He is literally like the one of the smallest players ever, but he also has ball production better than literally everybody in this class, which hmm. is really really weird. Um, this yeah, this those, corner are class is drills like, or is he boxing guys out? Yes, he's doing both of them. Um, he's re- he's boxing dudes out as a as a little point guard like that. Uh, he like. He, I think he jumped 41 him. and a half inches. Like he's, he's a leaper. Yeah. 
All right. He's a let's go. He's he's <laughs> very interesting. Um, and then DJ Turner, the Michigan kid, ran the four two six. Um, and then he's also got some physicality oh, to him too. Right. So yeah, I really liked what he did against Quentin Johnston when I was watching Johnston. He's number five on Michigan, right? Yeah, he's, I liked what he did there. He he got sunned on like the biggest highlight of the game with the the missed tackle when when Johnston like housed that long crossing route. Um, mm-hmm. But he had he had Johnston was struggling for a lot of that game against him. Yeah, it's this cl- corner class is ridiculous. But Luke, Friday afternoon, greatly appreciate coming on and just talking to ball with me. Obviously, most of the people watching probably know where to find you. But uh, let, let's. Let, go shout out your stuff anyway. Make sure they know uh, where they can find your great content. Yep. Uh, you can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find it on YouTube as well. Um, you can find my Patreon, patreon.com slash NFL, where I have a lot of the stuff that I've said here uh, backed up by film. I'm showing you exactly what I mean. Uh, doing the matted thing drawn on it. You can also find the history doc there. Seven parts. Uh, whole season of TV, basically. Seven hours of Vikings history content you can find there. Um, you can find the Locked On NFL podcast as well. I'm on there on Tuesdays. Perfect. Dave, you got anything for Luke before we head out? Yeah, I, I got a question. Since we do hey. not have a true nickel on the team, do teams look for a specific – I mean, they look at corners, but do they look for a specific trait or traits that they go, that guy's going to be good at nickel? Because – mainly when we're looking at the draft, we're looking at the top corners and they all play outside and they move inside. It's like tackles moving into guard, right? Half the tackles that are drafted go to guard. Yeah. Is there something they're looking at going, that guy would be a great nickel? Yeah, there's stuff that I think will tell you, okay, he can play in the slot, right? And I think the best one is, does he? Because there's a lot of guys in college that will shadow around. Do they play in the slot? Don't they? Right. We saw Byron Murphy at Arizona. He played outside. He played in the slot, depending on where the guy he was shadowing was lined up, lined up. He could do all of it. Um, so there's that. I think in terms of traits themselves, it's really I think the biggest difference is on the release. Once you're in phase or out of phase, it's, it's all kind of, um, you know, then you're just following a route. But I think on the release, when you're outside, you have the sideline. And some guys, like what I talked about with Devin Witherspoon, are really good at taking advantage of that. Xavier Rhodes was phenomenal at taking advantage of that sideline because he, he would be able to, to squeeze that space really well. Um, so you don't want to take that guy and put him in the slot because you're kind of robbing him of one of the things that, um, he can, that he uses to his advantage, and you're kind of putting him in hard mode. Some corners don't do that, though. Some corners just don't have that sideline thing. So you put him in the slot, and it doesn't matter. Um, and then there are some guys that really need to rely on having a lot of room on them. Like some guys that just don't press as much or if they do, it's like inconsistent or whatever. And those guys, I get a little worried about in the slot because of slants. Um, But it's really like, are they playing reactively? I guess to releases maybe is a better way to put that because in the slot, that's there's a lot of quick game that comes out of the slot. Um, so are they guessing and then they'll lose to that quick game or are they saying, all right, you take an outside step. I take an outside step. You take an inside step. I take an inside step. You know, you try to shuffle your way into my face. I shuffle my way two yards back. Um, and that can be a lot better against quick game or if they're a really good press jammer, 
where they can, you know, get this is I think Deontay Banks would make a good slot for this reason because he he can get into your face and get a really good influence on you. Um, that really helps in the slot. It helps outside too, but I think it's particularly important in the slot where a lot of those condensed things are a little bit more um, impactful. Everything's a lot quicker and a little bit more timing based. So influencing, getting a good jam on you is is a big deal. Um, and and I think it varies from there a lot more defense to defense. With Brian Flores, they might not have a dedicated nickel. They might have a CB1 who covers their best guy, a CB2 who covers their second best guy, and a CB3 who covers their third best guy. And offense, you get to decide where everyone is because all our guys can play everywhere. I think that's ideal, where everybody can play everywhere and you don't have like uh, uh, just a Chandon Sullivan who's the guy in the slot. And if you're Stefan Diggs can play in the slot, you get Diggs versus Chandon Sullivan all day, right? You don't maybe don't mm-hmm. want to be exposed to that. So I guess I guess that's my question. My my answer a little lo- uh, rambly there, but yeah, it's it's. Um, well, I'm wondering. I think if the best indicator is do for, um, symmetry in the way they move. Right, a lot of people are symmetry. Yeah, it's a great word. Uh, right-handed tendencies. Others are left. Right. They like playing that sides. We get that arguments on the offensive line all the time. He can't switch sides. Well, it depends on the individual. Are they looking for how well they move left to right? You know, is there a difference in if you run a bunch of routes that cut left on the corner, how he reacts, how quickly, versus running a bunch to the right, how he reacts, how quickly. If those numbers are about the same, I think that's good for the slot because the slot is going up against the receiver could go any direction, right? Yeah, Whereas wide alignment receiver, versatility yeah. is huge for, for every corner. And notice I did not say height. I think every time we see a corner who's under six foot, we go, that guy's a slot. And I think that's that's very wrong and oversimplified. Uh, so if that's if that's your instinct, you should try to work that out. Just look at Duke Shelley. Right. That's way that, worse than the that's slot. That's your barometer right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey. And because he used space a lot and he used the sideline to his advantage a lot, the outside kind of – and he played on the field side too, which made things a lot easier for him. Absolutely. Well, Luke, thank you very much for joining. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in on this beautiful Friday afternoon where it is somehow still sunny in Minnesota and my snow is melting. I'll take that every day of the week. Um, From Luke, Dave, I'm Tyler. Dave, what do we say on this show? As always, Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone!